I am pretty excited. We have a topic that we came up with yesterday. Should we like say hello? Like, hello. hi everyone, welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Nicholas Rave. I'm Adrienne Gunn. And what do we do here, Adrienne? We, oh, this is that really long phrase that you have memorized. We <laughs> help people. You can do it. Figure out, figuring out how to something how to watch movies and television for maximum psychological and spiritual development i don't know what spiritual <laughs> hand motion is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we do okay did i get it good job you got it perfectly okay well good, good good so today on today's episode of this mm-hmm. us I have been teasing at, we've been talking about for actually months, we've been talking about what we wanted to cover in our mm-hmm. show. And I'm like, what, what are you made of? I want to figure out what TV and movies we're made of because I think, well, I know that I, I'm modeled part of many parts of my personality on the stuff that I watched and for movies and TVs to become important to me, they had to somehow be important to me, Right. Have you been excited about telling people the kinds of things that you watched in different parts of your life? Well, I have been thinking about just asking the question, what shows made you? By the way, I did have an insight. The word show is ambiguous enough to cover both movies and TV. Yeah. So if you're ever looking to condense that and you don't want to have to say the movies and TV that made me, shows is my word. So the shows that I watched when I was a kid that made me, well, you just made me start thinking about it. So I started making a list and going through all these and remembering some of them that I haven't thought of in a really long time, remembering some of them that, uh, that I have revisited since then and, and dug into why was I obsessed with this? Why did I go back and watch? I always think about like, what are the movies and TV (laughs) shows (laughs) that, um, that most impacted me emotionally yeah. or, or I guess mentally, if I had some kind of insight or breakthrough, but I really think about it on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And then also what were the ones that I couldn't stop watching? What were the ones that, especially when I was little, that I went back to over and over. Totally. Those are the ones that I found later on revisiting to be just so profound. Cause you, yeah. d- you just, sometimes you just dismiss it. You're just, I don't know. I was a kid. I like weird things, but I, promise you there's something in there i had a bathroom insight like i do where i realized why this particular topic which i think we'll revisit i think we're gonna keep dropping hints about the shows we're made of i did it i got to say shows we're made of hey good uh, job (laughs) (laughs) i i it popped up and it became important to me and this this is freaking why. It's actually hugely relevant to my experience. Now, I know that I have LEDs washing out any, any tiny amount of tan that I can maintain in Portland, Oregon here. When I was growing up, I was eight shades darker than this. And I had very short hair. And people felt emboldened, probably because they had no clue it was freaking rude, to just come up and ask me, what are you? They still do. People still just like, what are you? Uh, and and then I'm like, well, I'm, you know, at some point I was like serving them burgers. I'm like, I'm I'm the person taking your order, you know, and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, like what 
what nationality are you? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm Canadian because I just <laughs> thought they were being assholes. So I would just say that I was Canadian. And I wanted to be. And no, we're like, no, like, what, what are you made of? And legitimately, like, what's your background? What's your lineage? Legitimately, this conversation we're about to have is my lineage. If you want to know where I'm from, I'm yeah. from Nickelodeon and HBO and MTV. I'm made up yes. of like, certain bands that my parents like they actually played. I have the taste of somebody 10 years older than me because my parents were in they met in a funk band in the 70s and they were in top 40 in the 80s. So my first memory has Journey Don't Stop Believing in it because I was singing that in my backyard. That's my very, very first memory. So my lineage is freaking television and movies. And like, that's 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 my background. I like I guess I'm certain colors of people from places that I, I don't have a relationship to. But but like the media I watched when I was little, that is me. Well, I love that that idea, that distinction that what you consume, the stories that you consumed growing up or that you consumed even that you continue to consume, you know, they say what you are, what you eat. Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people make the point that you are what you consume is not just what you eat with your mouth. It's you're consuming information. And the idea that those stories are far more significant a part of who and what you are than your background or your lineage or arguably even your where you grew up like yeah they are the surrogate parents that we have and our surrogate siblings in a very very real sense absolutely well and essentially if i did have if if the united states had culture like many, many. Well, and if that was part of the agreement of being here in this country, we yes. would have had stories <laughs> from our lineage and specific traditions. I'm certain that some people have been able to keep their lineage, but mine yeah. are the shows that I would watch. That's yeah. No. I, oh, sorry. No, I, go ahead. I, I think about for me, I just had this conversation. My dad came down to visit recently and we got into some like family history conversations that I had never heard before. Like I didn't know that my dad, when he was a teenager, went and lived with his grandpa for two years, lived in the same house with him. And I was like, you did? <laughs> so um, my lineage on my dad's side, the rave family lineage yeah. goes back to uh, my grandpa's uh, grandpa. Mm -hmm. And that's it. <laughs> just like, just one yeah. He literally came from Germany, that's all we know, from Germany and jumped ship in San Francisco, worked his way up the West Coast, settled in the Seattle-ish area, and my yeah. entire family has been there ever since. And we do not know where he came from. We don't know any of the, his family before then. So, like, when you talk about, like, like cultural traditions, I'm like, we're like, what, four or five generation American? Yeah. And, like... <laughs> yeah. What culture, what, what, what background, you know, there's, yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. I would probably have confused a lot of people if I actually told them the parts that I did now. I was like, well, you know, we were Danes that settled in Northern Scotland and apparently Danes equals Viking. I learned that later in life. Uh, and there's actually literally a book that my grandfather's grandfather, so my great grandfather, who I don't think I ever met, wrote, he was a colonel. He wrote this book the gun family or something. It's so 
my lineage is attached to someone who's a very, very dry and boring writer. So I never <laughs> quite made it through. And I never fully listened to any of the stories that my like grandmother kept telling because they were run on sentences. It was really hard. <laughs> so I'm apparently related to people. <laughs> my mom's side, I, I think my mother's mother continued lying to her about who her father was until she died. So we don't quite know. And on that side of the family, the extended family was such that like the neighborhood took care of you. So my mom has aunts and grandmas and uncles that I think are kind of just neighbors. And she continued doing that in life. She just sort of adopted people <sighs> in the neighborhood, which is great. Cause then you like, I learned that you could have extended family, just people that you love. It's a, it's a fun strategy, but like actual lineage. No, I just have like, I legitimately had trouble distinguishing. Okay. Time is an interesting thing. So I'm going to say something and I, I would love us all to historically go back 40, you know, 35 years, go back 35 years, maybe, maybe, maybe just 28 years. I did not, know that Bill Cosby wasn't also my dad. <laughs> my sister thought that um, Spock, mm -hmm. Leonard Nimoy, was my grandpa. Oh, mm -hmm. that's awesome. There mm -hmm. was something like I knew he wasn't my dad and I knew I wasn't Rudy. But in some aspect of my lived experience, it was so my dad. And that was my family. You were talking about surrogate families. There was a way that I yes. could quite tell the difference. And I knew that that was happening. For sure. It's very strange. So, so <laughs> when we were talking about wanting to talk about this yesterday, I think I when I was trying to sort my worlds, I recognized that there was like the earlier stuff that I watched that made up my personality. And then there's a chunk of time where I'm just, I'm consuming TV and I'm kind of an adult with it. And then there's some moment at which I recognized how powerful television is. And I started watching with a new intention. Yeah. Um, it's like a threshold I, that you cross where yeah. all of a sudden you're now paying attention in a different way. Totally. And that's largely what we're trying to do with this podcast is take people through that threshold of being like movies and TV can be more. And maybe yeah. if you're listening to this, Maybe you already have crossed that. Um, maybe you uh, are crossing it. Or maybe <laughs> you've never considered the idea that movies and TV can be something more powerful than just entertainment. Yeah. Um, I am noticing that we are in switchy, switchy mode. Do we want that or we want side by side? Oh, thank you for reminding me. How about that? I don't mind switchy, switchy. No, no, I, I prefer it this way. <laughs> I mean, I could switch. <laughs> you know, uh, can we backtrack for one yeah, second? I love it. You said the thing about lineage and, and it, mm -hmm. it made me think about um, storytellers have been an essential part of the community and the tribe forever, arguably. And when you think about like uh, the family or the tribe the stories that were told were often the stories of that tribe or of that family and that and your lineage. They would carry the stories and, and it would be like, Grandpa, tell us the story again about how you blank, 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 or how how great grandfather so and so did blank, blank, blank. And even something as simple as like a family crest. Yeah, I you know. know. 
those that's like a lineage thing that you carry forward. And for so many of us, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And even if there is something there, maybe you don't even want to look at it. Maybe that's not the lineage that you want. The stories that you can tell about your past are stories you'd rather move on from and transcend and break those generational curses. So again, these stories become the stories you can adopt to literally, as you're saying, or as literally as it can be, I suppose, <laughs> metaphorically, literally metaphorically build yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally metaphorically. What's funny is I actually started learning more about my actual the gun clan when I was cast in a show, uh, Henry Four, Part One. I was cast as the, the Douglas, who is a Scottish warrior that's hired by Hotspur to, to defeat Hal, Prince Hal and his father, the king or whatever. And so I went back to study some, you know, I wandered into a Highlander store and learn a lot about that. And our, my family crest, only one. <laughs> family crest, the gun clan, the motto is at pox at bellum, which means either peace or war, which was hilarious to learn at 20, 28, I think I was, when I just remembered that's either black or white, either peace or war. And I was like, our family really is just like, er, or er, right? It's just, it was, it was a really funny to see how that like dichotomy lived in our world. But, but the recognizing that like, at least on one side of my world, I could trace back mm. some history that other people super geek out about uh, mm. the, the relevance of that. And still, feeling super connected to okay so here's a reference so dave coulier who apparently is the canadian gentleman that is the other half of alanis morissette's first album apparently that was the affair dave coulier who ends up on full house doing the cut it yeah out. yeah he, he had that catchphrase on a show called out of control back way before full house like 10 years before really that. that was just like his personal catchphrase yeah because that it is a comedian and Atlantis, ever original was that like a cool thing at that time <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> i can't have a reference point for that being cool ever maybe but i was like tiny uh and it's funny yeah. that Atlantis was also a kid star on a show can't do that on television like these these are friends of mine is how it feels. Uh -huh, like, exactly. Oh yeah, well, these are my buddies back when I was like five or seven. Right, right. right. Super weird to have this like brazen album be about this affair she had with this goofy mofo yeah. from childhood TV. That's you know, you, you mentioned music too. Like mm -hmm. you talked about your parents and the music thing. So you had talked about how movies and TV talk. You, you mentioned discussing how movies and TV kind of fit into our childhood. And as we've been talking, a bunch of stuff has come up. So one thing is my grandparents grew up, uh, for anybody who doesn't know this, I grew up on a Christmas tree farm homeschooled in the middle of nowhere. I used to joke, we lived about, um, uh, about, hour from nowhere. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, we had about 180 acres. And then behind our property was like 100 miles of nothing, just like forests and hills. 
and uh, and homeschooled. So I didn't get exposed to other kids. I was just running around barefoot on a tree farm. And my grandparents lived right across the way. So uh, also, I grew up very, very religious. Like my family had, I wasn't allowed to listen to worldly music um, or watch movies really, or a lot like anything that wasn't a kid's movie or Christian friendly or whatever. So my grandparents um, introduced me to like, they had a huge CD collection. They had these CD changers and this uh, sound system. And and my grandpa made this elaborate um, uh, spreadsheet (laughs) <laughs> where you could look up by song or artist or album. And so you could be like, I want to find this song. And it's like, oh, we have four different versions of that song on these oh different albums. And it would show you like, oh, that's on C, or that's on uh, car- cartridge uh, H um, disc four or whatever. <laughs> and so I spent my whole childhood listening to 1940s music like anything once it hit rock and roll they weren't interested at all but prior to that like big band music like i can do a mean dean martin impersonation like (laughs) dean martin nat king cole bing crosby these were like that was the music i grew up listening to um glenn miller big band (laughs) stuff um uh and i wasn't allowed the the i got introduced to most popular music through weird al you, okay. I heard Weird Al's version of the song because that was okay for me to listen to because it wasn't whatever. <laughs> um, and and also, I don't have to go into this now, but you remember how I said I couldn't think of any TV shows? Right. I, I thought of them. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. They're there. So all of the childhood TV shows came together and it was like, I realized I didn't really watch TV by myself that much because we didn't have TV. Like we had no, we did not have TV at all. My grandparents had it across the street. Right. Um, But we had an antenna that occasionally picked up PBS. (laughs) So like the only TV I remember watching was I got introduced to Doctor Who when I was a a little kid, way before it got rebooted and stuff. Tom Baker was my first doctor for any Doctor Who fans out there. Um, And uh, I remember watching that late at night and just being like, anything, give me anything there. I can't just keep rewatching the same VHS tapes over and over. I'm going nuts. So I'm like, whatever, TARDIS, I don't care. It's fine. It's good. It's at least a little (laughs) like Star Wars. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I was just thinking about the concept of the show and remembering one of my favorite things to do. And I wish there was an app for it now because so much of people's media that they take in is hidden. My favorite thing to do was get like when I would be invited to someone's house, two things. I would look in their refrigerator. Oh, oh yeah. I had a thing about looking in people's refrigerators. Don't know why. Still don't. But I would look at their shelves to get a sense of who the heck they were, like what books they were reading, what music they had displayed, what movies were out, because that was my way of getting to know someone. Oh, my God, Adrienne. That is so brilliant. I've never thought about that. I do that with bookshelves. Yeah. But you can't look at anybody's movie shelf anymore. Right. And that was like a way to get to know somebody. It'd be like, look, oh, you have this movie? Oh, we're going to get along. (laughs) Yeah, right? Or like... Will I have sex with this person? Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> uh, what is, maybe why not. is that there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, my last roommate left that there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so, so early life then. Maybe we drop in there. So you grew up on a tree farm. I technically 
grew up in the house that I'm shooting from. I've renovated it, so it doesn't look, thankfully. Really? Yeah, I renovated. So I, I grew up in Portland. And then around 19, I moved to Vegas and I grew up there again, as you do in <laughs> Vegas. So I feel like I have two well hometowns. And so technically, a lot of the stories I tell are from this house, from this neighborhood. And really? Wow. Yeah. My, so my parents, again, they were lounge musicians by the time I was born. They were in top 40 bands. And I was a late night kind of kid so a lot of the sh i would watch a lot of late night shows with the one babysitter who would um be willing to stay up till two or three for my parents to pick me up after they were done i got used to like different they would do a red lion circuit so that's a hotel uh i don't know if it exists many places but red lions used to have lounges and my parents were responsible for making everybody dance uh and so i would watch cable shows there and I remember my dad making a trip. I think my parents were divorced at this point, but my dad made a trip to Seattle for some show, I think. And we were having fun swimming and I accidentally slipped in the shower and cracked my head open. Uh, and I had like, I iced my head and we were watching HBO and he had to stay in the hotel, but he felt so guilty that when we got home, we had HBO. <laughs> so <laughs> we got cable and HBO. And that was when I, I think I was one of, so many of my friends had computers. I didn't ever, I didn't get a computer of my own until I was like 22, I think, somewhere around then. Yeah, 21 or 22 was the first time I had a computer, but I had HBO and I had cable before most of the people that I knew. Mm, yeah, I remember my friends who had cable and I was just like, so wait, you just have like movies? They just have like movies playing all, like all the time? You can just like, yeah. some and because uh, uh, we had to go to the movie theater or store, the movie store, go rent yeah. movies. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, and I was either when I was little, I was either outside playing, it was in trees or running around neighborhoods, grabbing crawdads. I was like, outside or I was at a TV and in my house, we had, every room had its own TV. So we'd be in separate rooms watching different television in my house. Also, wow. off and on sort of what they would consider a latchkey kid. So I'd, I like got myself up for school, brought myself home from school and I would watch whatever I wanted to watch before or after like soccer or basketball or those sorts of things. Uh, and it's weird that somehow I also learned to play an instrument like with as much TV as I was watching. But I remember I had a, a good friend, my buddy across the street, David. He was four years younger than me, but we watched a lot of the same TV. And so I would watch. Uh, so Nickelodeon would have a bunch of stuff. You know, those like shows. Today's special is one of them where they had a bunch of shows from like Japan and the UK uh, and France. Sort of they would have like little skits between with like characters. And then they would show these different like cartoons, 10, 10 minute long cartoons and bits. Okay. So there's like the little prince and uh, danger mouse and banana man and weird stuff. Bunch of the things on Nickelodeon were Canadian produced. So you can't do that on television. Hey dude, uh, salute your shorts. All of these things were like Canadian humor instead of the, I think my friends were watching stuff on, on PBS. Um, some of the first movies. So David and I would play stuff like, uh, what was it? Gosh darn. Lassie, 
stuff I said like Nickelodeon also had a point when it turned on to like old old TV. Yeah. So like yeah. Dick Van Dyke, Car 54, Where Are You, Patty Duke Show, like it in the evening, it would go to like 50s and 60s television. Um, Dennis, the Menace. I forgot how freaking weird I am. <laughs> like you're sh- you're sharing all this stuff and I'm like, I haven't seen any of that stuff. And, and I'm just going back to right because you didn't have TV. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to interrupt your story. I'm oh, just realizing I'm ooh. like. I did not grow up with anything like there's a couple of shows that were on PBS and then there was stuff that my family watched. But I'm, I am realizing like that is, again, why I feel like this particular weirdo in the world right. that I'm like, I didn't have exposure to any of that stuff. And I remember friends who did. And I was like, oh, those are the normal kids. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep going. Keep well, going. and like weird game shows on MTV, stuff like that. Uh, a- Two blocks from my house, there was a movie theater and they would do double features. So I remember it was like I remember double features. <laughs> yeah, stay in there. they're so fun. I know. I think it's had like Bad Girls and a bunch of the Police Academy movies there and Young Guns. And I was thinking about the, the stuff that David and I would like play. We would like I, I kind of think of us as Dennis the Menace. Because we had the kids in the neighborhood that we had to play with who were boring and horrible. Uh, and we were trying to like raise hell and tease and, and play pranks on like the grownups in the neighborhood and stuff like that. But we loved uh, playing Back to the Future. Back to the Future was a huge thing. I very much modeled <laughs> Michael J. Flex from Family Ties and Back to the Future growing up. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We played that a lot. Definitely redid a bunch of the skits and scenes from all of the Police Academy movies. None of my friends got to see any of the Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds movies. Porky's is probably really, really, really inappropriate. It'd be very interesting to Isn't watch that. Isn't that the one with the, with the peephole? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like super rapey. <laughs> super rapey. I imagine I watched Oh, it's all good, harmless fun. Blah. <laughs> But I also grew up watching, since I had HBO, so I got to watch a lot of the R-rated movies before anybody else did, but I was all watching stand-up comedy and a lot of boxing. Oh, so like a lot of like- Really boxing. Oh, so what's your, do you remember your first rated R movie or was that not even a big deal? I think it may have been one of the Porky's movies. Um, okay, because it was a huge deal for me when okay, I got to see my it. very first rated R movie. Oh, uh, yeah, it? sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff before this, but I believe the first rated R movie I watched was Motherfucking Die Hard. Really? Yeah, because my dad was like violence, whatever. And uh, yeah, I lo- I loved that movie. I mean, still do. Like, it's one of my go-to Christmas movies every year. <laughs> nice. Oh, I keep wanting to watch that as a Christmas movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, a lot of the early stuff for me is like getting to watch Richard Pryor and Whoopi Goldberg and uh, a bunch of the like comedians that other, other people didn't have access to until they were on Letterman. Um, oh, man, I loved staying up. So in my bedroom, I had a tiny portable black and white television set. And I would listen with headphones after bedtime. So wait, wait, wait. I'm, I want to envision this properly. Is this like one of the Game Boy size ones? Or is this one of the no. ones that's like a vacuum cleaner? It's like like this <laughs> this deep. It's like this like square, but like deep. Do you know what it's I mean? It's like lunchbox size. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. With a, yeah, like an okay. antenna 
that I have to move depending yes. on the day. Oh Things are different. <laughs> so I would listen with headphones and watch Arsenio Hall uh, after bedtime. And some of my, the ones that stand out to me, two, two people stand out to me. Mayim Bialik, who was Blossom, that was her television show. She would love to go on Arsenio and Arsenio is like, okay, which, uh, which Elvis Costello song are you in love with now? And so she would just recite Elvis Costello lyrics on Arsenio Hall. This is a vivid memory to me. Also, Madonna on Arsenio was one of the most ridiculously consistently inconsistent interviews. Like everyone at the time, and now this is before, like some people's, the, Figuring out who's Madonna, anyone is like I, like Madonna self-titled album. This is that Madonna, yeah, not like okay. post Ray of Light right. Madonna, who's right. like well behaved and wears clothing. She would either show up as like manic, overly sexualized Madonna, or she would show up as like hyper blinky, philosophical, ridiculously intellectual Madonna. Those were the only two Madonnas that mm. would show up on a show and nobody knew who it was. And if you go mm. back and watch, you're just like, I, I don't know if she's bipolar, but like she would just blink a lot and then say amazing things. Or Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> or she'd be rubbing <laughs> on people as part of some of my world. Uh, what did you end up watching at your grandparents' place? All right. All right. All right. OK. So, uh, well, let me start with the stuff that I there was one videotape that we got from my cousins that yeah. they recorded like in slow mode, you know, like double where, where you can click the thing on the VHS and then it's really shitty quality, but it records twice as much. Okay. So if I remember, there was four hours of shitty quality Disney Channel. Oh, and I watched it over and over. I think I wore that tape out. Yeah. Um. And it was like commercials and cartoons. And um, so uh, there's been a few Disney things. Uh, we got Disney Plus. So I've been going back through their old back catalog and looking at stuff that I haven't seen in forever. So there's some of those that I remember, but none of them that were real significant. As far as TV goes, so we should start there. Uh, PBS was my thing. So mm -hmm. I remember watching uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego with Rockapella. Doing, yeah. oh. do you remember that? <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Garden yeah. San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I totally um, watched that. Uh, so watched <laughs> that. There was this other show called Ghost Rider. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, I think I was a little old at the time, but um, occasionally still watched the Magic School Bus. That was a thing oh. around that time. And that's about as many as I can remember. So those are probably the only ones that matter. Doctor Who was a big deal, though, because that yeah. came on late at night. And sometimes I watched it when no one else was around. <laughs> um, and what then is... over at my grandparents, the family watched Little House on the Prairie, uh -huh. like religiously. Yeah. And um, which I'm pretty sure was reruns at that time. I think mm -hmm. that was like mm -hmm. a 70s show. Right. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Uh, so then the other rerun show that we watched, and I remember this so vividly, it's one of my favorite TV related memories is that when my dad, uh, for a while, my dad didn't work outside the house. He just stayed on the Christmas tree farm for like four years or something. And mm -hmm. during that time at lunchtime, we would go have lunch and then we would go watch Perry Mason. <laughs> do you know that show? Black and white <laughs> lawyer show. 
Yeah. Um, uh, where he like solves crimes and mysteries and stuff. But the one thing I remember about it, best theme song ever. Yeah, I love it. Oh my god. Um, so good. Apparently they're rebooting it. Um, what? Finger, fingers crossed. Um, sometimes reboots are good. Occasionally. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I think I would sometimes go over and watch stuff uh, at uh, like that my grandparents were watching. Yeah. I seem to recall they were my grandpa watched a lot of like home improvement. <laughs> like <laughs> like Tim the Allen. Wood builder shows. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean home home improvement like the the Tim Allen oh, comedy oh, about that one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um but they didn't watch the good shows. Like that was when um like Seinfeld was on, they weren't mm. into it. Yeah. Like um there was some classic TV at that time but my grandparents, oh, Lawrence Welk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't discover Lawrence Welk until I was in high school. Oh, my grandparents watched it and I hated it. That was the point at which I was like, I'm done. I'm going to go home. I don't want to watch TV anymore. <laughs> that show hit me in my like two year stint of like 95, 96 of listening to country music is where I discovered. The <laughs> okay. Lawrence yeah, show. sure. What? This is awful and I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess I guess the point I'm arriving at here is that TV really didn't start. Part of the reason why I couldn't come up with like really formative TV shows is mm -hmm. I didn't really watch that much TV because we didn't have TV. So we did rent movies, though, yeah. and we did own some movies. So that's where like the the real um, stories or shows that that built me. Uh, those are going to be then? mostly movies. Yeah. What, what were your movies back then? Uh, okay, so I've got a list. There, obviously, there's more. We we watched a lot of movies. My dad loved to rent to to rent movies, and um, some of my favorite childhood memories are like mom and my sister were off someplace else. Dad mm -hmm. would come home, and he would stop at the movie store and the gas station to get shitty gas station food. Yes. And it would be like like potato wedges uh -huh. and um, sometimes I think mozzarella sticks and like it was just a chicken, like fried chicken and stuff. <laughs> and he'd bring that home and we'd eat that food and watch movies that he picked up. Nice. So I remember like my dad introduced me to uh, uh, lots of sci-fi from my dad. So, um, well, Die Hard, I mentioned. Yeah. Um, there was a movie called Enemy Mine. Do you remember that? I'm not sure. Oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember the actors in it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> um, I want to say Louis Gossett Jr. Uh -huh. plays an alien. And um, without spoiling too much of the story, there's a war going on between humans and this alien race. And then one human and one alien crash land on this very dangerous planet and then everybody leaves and the two of them get stuck there on the planet and it's about them trying to survive and um and then the 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 um the story that develops between the two of them and it definitely goes places you don't expect wow and it's very like poignant and emotional and i remember that movie being really significant no spoilers on that one sure um uh, I remember watching Predator with my dad. That was another rated R. I think that was the second rated R movie that I watched, um, which holds the fuck 
up, yeah. by the way. You okay. go go rewatch that if you're into like that's barely even an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in my mind. That's mm. just a great science fiction film bordering on science fiction horror um, action. Uh, but that happens to have Arnie in it. Um, but uh, really fun. Um, Arnie, you're, you're on Arnie yeah. terms. With yeah, whatever. That's the term. <laughs> That's what everybody Arnie. calls him. Everybody's in the know. <laughs> right. Just, he called me the other day. Arnie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. <laughs> okay. You want more? Or you want to go? How about should I, we go back and forth? The stuff that I remember. Movies. Really we're on movies deal. now. The movies that I remember that were really, really big deal for me. I remember. I saw Jaws and The Breakfast Club with my cousins at my grandmother's, my grandparents' house. And there's this there's this collection of movies that that when I when I search my body, they're connected to core values around friendship and kind of like a brotherhood. Hmm. So so Breakfast Club is interesting because it. I, I, I think I was super young, maybe six or seven when I saw it and I got the understanding quickly that everyone's different, but similar. That was that the deep learning from that. And then oh, there are okay. movies like right. stand by me, Goonies, um, the, so what is it? Uh, young guns that were all about this core honor and the, the, what friendship is about. Yeah. Yeah. This really deep, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of other shows that that make friendship a big a big deal, but those ones especially, like there's something about Young Guns that seems like I integrated deeply about what it means to be brothers as like friends mm, so deep, like loyalty and honor, yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. Like, Interesting, willing. So I have this core value around friendship that might be deeper than family, the the willingness to throw oneself in front of a train for your family, your brothers, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think the other movie that has that in it, but it was, I was a little too young to quite get it. What is it? The outsiders has that sort of theme in it as well. So here's, here's my problem. Um, I didn't see, uh, breakfast club and, um, uh, what was the other first one? Goonies. Goonies. I didn't see, I, I, I didn't see Goonies, young guns, Breakfast Club. There was another one that you mentioned right at the beginning, um, which Jaws too. Uh, is that what you said? <laughs> Jaws Did you say and Jaws? Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Goonies. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see any of those movies until I was in my twenties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I just like I, I want to give the reference point of I had a lot of catching up to do. I didn't hear the Beatles until I was eighteen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the, I I saw Stand By Me when I was a kid right. for some reason, which is that's pretty heavy and dark. Totally. Uh, and right? I remember it really bothering me like as a kid. I was like, like, oh, my God. He, what? He, they, what? <laughs> well, and that's filmed in Oregon and yeah. in my neighborhood. Those Goonies, though. So true. Yeah. A lot of the scenery for my life looked a lot like Stand By Me and Goonies. Like mm, I remember mm-hmm. riding my bike on train tracks and then walking along the two areas to be on train tracks. Or we have in my neighborhood, we have a uh, sort of this this swamp nature reserve area. And I used to walk home every day from school for a few years, like down trails. <laughs> we carved paths vertically up and down. Uh, what's called Oaks Bottom. 
So we had the school trail, which was the one that was just next to the school. And we had the Shasta trail, which was the thing that you climbed up to get to Shasta's house. And we had the, like, the bathroom trail, which is where you would go if you had to pee halfway through. Uh, and it looked a lot like Stand By Me, a bunch of kids that didn't really hang out in class necessarily walking together. Like that movie looked like my childhood. Yeah. Um, so those ones stand out to me, this, this sense of reverence for for friendship you know the next thing that re-triggered that and maybe i don't know when or if you got to see this but sandlot reminded me the sandlot have you seen it i've still never seen sandlot okay or the outsiders either nice so the sandlot lot came sandlot, out it, i know a lot about but i don't even yeah. remember what outsiders is <laughs> yeah someone's a lot about like growing up and uh I guess because all these kids play baseball together, they can be from different areas. And there are these like right. weird stories about the neighborhood. And there's a lot of teasing and kids are really mean to each other. That movie reminds me a lot of my childhood, too, because we had a, a neighborhood pool that everybody would go to. We were just wandering around. We were free range kids. That wasn't even a, that wasn't even the title for us. Right. Right. Because all kids, we were just out uh, all of the time until the lights came on or Jake Miller's mom, who had a really, really, really big whistle. If we were down near Selwood Park, she would whistle and you could hear her for miles. And that meant it was dinner time and we had to stop playing. Oh, my God. Isn't that just crazy? Like, like my kid has been by himself for like a couple of hours total in yeah. his life. <laughs> like He's 10. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's just not a thing anymore. And I like it's actually a thing we've started implementing more. But like the other day, I sent him to go pick up a package that had arrived at the parcels place down there. I gave him the key and I gave him uh, the, the number to go enter in to get it. And I sent yeah. it by himself. And he was totally fine because like I remember hearing this story. This is a tangent, but I remember <laughs> reading this story about this guy who was on. Um, some kind of expedition somewhere and they were yeah. going to go uh, like down river um, and a five year old kid from the tribe came up and very eloquently said, may I come with you? Huh? And he's like, where are your parents? And he's like, I, I don't know. Like I, I would just, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down river with you. So <laughs> just by himself, uh -huh. this five-year-old kid, which it was fine with everyone. Nobody gives a fuck. It was just fine. Mm -hmm. And he, he sailed with them. He knew how to do it. He was not a useless addition to their, he was just like helping out and making sure things. And when they got yeah. there, he took off by himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember before eight, I was uh, riding my bike all over the place. We all had knives that we would play with. We would dig holes. We would <laughs> climb through our neighbors. Oh my God. I have so many scars. <laughs> yeah. Just like <clears throat> there were two, there were two different parks with bodies of water that we would like get tadpoles and crawdads out of. Mm. We would just be gone yep. for hours. No one knew what we were up to. And my, oh. uh, my neighbor, like kids are kind of violent and awful. My neighborhood was a little bit on the edge of at some point, a bunch of the kids that I did grow up with around my house went to jail once or twice. <laughs> uh, I do have memories of like, like getting punched in the gut, trying to defend a friend. And I mean, this is part like part of that, like stand by me, like thing of right. That that like standing up for your friends and taking on adult, like adult kids. We had like a bunch of muscle cars and raised up trucks in my neighborhood and skater punks. Uh, it did grow up kind of like rougher in the sense that like most of us stole things. 
it was probably fair that the people who ran the mini marts would like eyeball us as we were going on because we wouldn't always get the exact amount of change for the candy that we were buying when we were like rifling through couches and stuff, you know? Yeah. We would just jump off of buildings and set fires places. And there was a lot of, a lot of sexual inappropriateness, not by me, but around. <laughs> well, there's a lot that I resonate like the outdoors tadpole <laughs> side of things, um, right. but the rest of it, not so much being super conservative, religious and growing up, alone like the predominant <laughs> overwhelming feeling when i think back on my childhood is boredom oh <laughs> like loneliness and boredom yeah. that i would be like sit big sister will you play with me no go away leave me alone you drive me crazy uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go outside and talk to my imaginary friends um <laughs> because i didn't have anything to do and then at some point we got a computer and then that became my life but it was like computers and legos that was my thing yeah um, and playing pretend um totally Did okay you... other movies yeah go for it so, uh, okay, so uh, the big ones I want to get out of the way. So uh, Star Wars was uh, uh, absolutely the biggest thing in my childhood. What? Um, Do you remember how old you were? When I first saw it? Yeah. I, I Probably pre-memory, honestly, because oh. the, thir the third movie came out the year I was born, and right. my dad was a huge fan. So I probably started watching them before I can even remember. And then, I, so no recollection of the first time that I saw it. No, there's no way. But yeah. I watched it dozens of times probably in my childhood. And I was such a huge fan of Star Wars. Like I, I read all the books too. Like the, the, before the prequels came out, I had a bookshelf of um, not kids books. These were like, you know, adult quote unquote novels, like Tam Tom Clancy sized novels wow. about Star Wars. And I had a shelf of 20 of these books that I read. I read almost every, all of them that there were um, uh, pre prequel. Um, and, and then the prequels came around and I was very disappointed. And um, uh, <laughs> I was a huge Star Wars fan. Like yeah. when the special edition came out, I, I probably told this story when you've heard it before, but when the special edition came out, I grew up in a very, very small town where there was one movie theater that was going to show it. And I camped out in front of the movie theater overnight. Yeah. There was no one else there. <laughs> I just wanted to have the experience of having camped out to see star Wars. Yeah. Because I knew it was a thing. The newspaper came. That's how small a town it was. The newspaper came and interviewed me because I was there doing this. And, um, uh, and yeah. <laughs> Can we find that article? Oh, that's amazing. I, maybe, maybe it, like it's definitely out there someone, somewhere. Someone There's some kind that. of archive. Was there um, a photo of you camped out too with the artist? That's I bet. Oh no, <laughs> I bet there someone, was. Someone needs uh, to find this. But by the time, by the next morning, there were more people there. But I stayed overnight. Um, yeah. So Star Wars was a huge deal. Um, other movies like Aladdin was a really big deal for me. Um, that was like the Disney movie that I watched, the Disney cartoon that I watched over and over and over and yeah. over and over. Um, uh, also Little Mermaid and, and um, Beauty and the Beast to a lesser extent. But, um, uh, but Aladdin was like the one that I memorized. Um, the other movie that I memorized, The Princess Bride. Um, yeah. My family was so into that and we watched it all the time and we could literally quote the whole thing back and forth, including sound effects um, and <laughs> musical cues for most of it. 
I don't remember if this happened in early childhood or if it happened a little bit later, but speaking of comedies, uh, at some point we got really into Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. um, Which is probably when I'm thinking of movies that I have memorized backwards and forwards, that's another one. There are Um, definitely humans that are Monty Python, like that they're Princess Bride and Monty Python. That, that, that's like a, Yes. Those were specific people I can visualize in high school. That, that those was were me. Their movies. And that's yes, definitely me. It makes yeah, a lot of sense. For sure. <laughs> this is flowing in right now. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, a couple of other stories. I think I mentioned this one to you yesterday. The first time I remember crying at a movie oh. was when we went to the movie theater and watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And um, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen that movie. Uh, when their friend, the aunt... Dies. So they find this ant and they feed it uh, uh, Oreo cookie or something like this. And the ant becomes their friend and follows them. Mm-hmm. And then at one point they're getting through the, they're going through the, the yard and they get attacked by a scorpion. And then the ant comes back and starts fighting the scorpion, even though the scorpion is so much bigger than he is and he's going to protect them. And then the ant doesn't make it. And I remember being so sad that I almost didn't like the movie. Yeah. Because I was just like, but Auntie was, he was so nice and he didn't have to do that. Oh my God. I still get emotional thinking about it now. That really hit me really hard. Um, (laughs) That wasn't a particularly significant movie. I I think I only watched it maybe twice ever, but that was a really profound moment for me. Most of my sobbing moments in movies, because I, 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 I worked on the not crying. Mm. Growing up in boy world, I worked on the like crying wasn't allowed. So the only times that I would cry were in movies. So if pets would die, but it was almost always sports movies. Mm, Uh, Yeah, that's 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 a classic for a lot of people. The there's this one with Robert Redford. It's a baseball movie Uh, for the love of the game. No, 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 that's, that's, um, that's other dude. Uh, the. <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> that's, other dude. That, that's the tin cup guy. Kevin Costner. Is oh in a bunch yeah, of you're right. You're movies. right. Um, you're right. You're right. The natural. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that one. The natural and field of dreams have these moments of like playing catch with the dad sobs. Really? But also I will cry it every single sports movie there's something about there's just i think that was my religion athletics my mom was very devout whatever she invented about christianity it was it was a collage and depending on who she was befriending it was a collage and it was intense my father was very sort of transcendental meditation spirituality his parents were christian science and he was just like eh, eh, it's a good story jesus seems like a pretty neat dude ah uh, so, so like athletics and sports were my religion. So that like the honor and your teammates, again, are your brothers, this whole idea of like fighting to the death mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Um, what were you saying? Oh, well, the one movie I memorized was Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, I, that was a big one. Uh, my, yeah. I, I, I definitely remember seeing that one. And I remember being like, who's Thor? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't in comic books until much, much later in my life either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I had the biggest crush on Elizabeth Shue because of that movie. <gasps> yeah, totally. Holy crap. Yeah. 
my friends and I rewrote and then he kissed me because of that movie. Uh, I think, and my friend Katie will have to remind me, but it's, it's sort of like, and then I died. <laughs> I don't know if somebody kills us. And then I died. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to tell, like, we all together had this pact at Josephine's uh, sleepover. Angela wasn't there, and weird things happened. She fell asleep early. So anything that bad that was gonna happen, we were gonna blame it on Angela, and that became a slogan. And the rest of us sat there rewatching Adventures in Babysitting and memorizing it. And then we wrote, rewrote the And Then He Kissed Me song. Mm-hmm. Pretty big deal. <laughs> I wanted to comment on the sports thing for a second. So sports movies do get to me because I think there's some universality of it, but I didn't play sports at all. I played basketball one year and my team was so bad. We lost every single game except the game from that we played with the other team at on Alaska, the, our school. Yeah. And, uh, and they lost every single game. <laughs> so uh, it was miserable and I hated it. And <laughs> I did not enjoy team sports at all and didn't understand it. I didn't watch sports. I still don't think I've ever watched a single sporting event all the way through. Maybe the Olympics, some of it. Yeah. Um, so sports is not a thing that super resonates with me. But the point I was going to make is sports movies still get to me. Yeah, because there's something universal in there. There's something about like obviously like overcoming obstacles. Uh, the totally. the cliche of the um the, the sports training montage, sports training oh, montage, so right? And yeah. it, like condensing this thing where you get this feeling like I'm gonna start working out. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing, and you get this feeling from watching them <laughs> that's just like yes. And then yeah. when they that that climactic moment when they overcome adversity and they overcome these challenges and it's it's full on orgasmic. That's it's totally. so universal. Then the team aspect of it, because that's all Rocky to me. When I think yeah. about Rocky, I yeah. think about that overcoming thing. And but the team aspect of it, I I think is like a war thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's the DNA that we have that is that we remember going to tribal war. Totally. And I, I mean, like that, that makes sense to me in the psychology of why do we get these, this religious fanatical feeling towards football teams and things like this, because it is about pitting people against each other in a relatively nonviolent context. But when, when you resonate with that team thing you're talking about, that yeah. it totally makes sense to me. Uh, and uh, and and it resonates with me was the point I wanted to make is even though I'm the farthest away from a sports ball person, um, <laughs> I still get the movies. I still resonate with them to a certain extent. I don't watch yeah. a lot of them, but. I have a lot of. So I, I think I was able to play on boys teams, all of the sports until about 11 ish, 12. Um, so I had a more aggressive style for the time, the time than most of the women's team. I I was sort of forced to join women's team at 13 at girls teams. And then I got super pissed about the fact that all of these guys that I was better than suddenly got the gift of testosterone. So first of all, I was better than them and they were being picked because I was suddenly kicked out of the boys club because I had boobs growing what a betrayal. <laughs> and, mm. uh, and Damn so actually, you. 
One of my friends came up to me at uh, our 20 year high school reunion. He's like, I remember they kept picking me in middle school, but you were better than me. And I'm like, oh, no, I, love <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a professional. I help people heal trauma. <sighs> but um, yeah, but I remember how annoying it was to see these like so in sports ball world, I stopped watching the NBA because it was so much crap because the game suddenly these dudes could suddenly leap and they had different amounts of stamina and they had like since they were just it was entertainment. It wasn't real fucking basketball. The sports that I had to play, everybody had to grunt it out because we didn't suddenly have like jet fuel in our bodies to suddenly like leap over. That, that, that we didn't earn. We didn't get anything we didn't earn. And fucking basketball, they would travel, they would double dribble, and they're paid millions of fucking dollars. And I'm like, fuck all of you. That's not basketball. So I stopped watching. The only thing I could maintain watching was tennis. And I think it has to do with the camera view. It was the only thing that I could watch and still like I would watch a tennis match and then end up going playing later that day. And my game would have improved from watching it. But if I watched an NBA Interesting. game, my game would suck because they didn't play the real game. It was weird. And uh, just some angst. Soccer might be. Nope. Soccer is not different. Uh, men's men's soccer is the most testicly display of wimpiness that I've ever seen. Like, like you know how well, you many women's like, soccer matches like, are full of women covered in blood and they're still going? Right, yeah. And the guy gets like, someone blows in their ear and like, oh, and they're punched over. Oh, yeah. oh. Anyway, that's... Those, those compilations on YouTube are pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, the only exception to the sports thing for me was martial arts. Um, oh, nice. I, I very much got into martial arts, but but I that doesn't do the team thing at all. Martial yeah. arts movies still absolutely get to me. Um, uh, Karate Kid was a big deal. I didn't put that one on my list, but it yep, totally was. And um, uh, I'm sure there's other examples that aren't Did coming you to mind right now. Bloodsport and Lionheart and the Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff? Little later, uh, okay. not not early on. I I don't remember. Like Van Dam has a special place in my heart. Like I love to tell people, like Time Cop is a good movie. Yes. Watch it. Watch it. You watch <laughs> it. And tell me that's not a good movie. Van Dam. What? Look at him. He does the splits over a counter He's to a avoid being specimen. electrocuted. Mm. Come on. Come on. I yeah. know there's some silly Van Damme movies out there, but Time Cop is a reasonably good movie. <laughs> it's not. It's um, not it's yeah. Awesome. So I don't think I watched those when I was younger, though. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So martial arts movies. I did start doing Taekwondo when I was pretty young. And then I got into other martial arts later on. And uh, that definitely still resonates with me. But that's all like me, like me uh, against yeah. me. Like, well, I mean, you're against another person, but the sport of it is largely um, challenging yourself to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. The martial arts movies, the, the theme of the whole thing is a spiritual journey. Each one right. of them. I, <laughs> there's a show, How I Met Your Mother. And one of the characters, I think it's Barney, believes that the Karate Kid is, oh, his name is sometimes Billy Zabka, the blonde dude who's the bully. Yeah, I he's also a good guy. 
thought he was sexy <laughs> as fuck and wanted to be him too. Cause it's a little confusing. Uh, yeah. And he's also a bully in one of my favorite movies. Just one of the guys. He plays li- almost literally the same, the same character. character. And I'm like, I wonder oh, if you could actually movie. make a crossover there where you could be, you'd look at it as the same character, like went to a different school after he got his ass kicked. <laughs> oh, totally. It makes sense. But the other funny thing is that the cross-dressing female lead in it looks a little like Ralph Macchio when she cuts her hair off. So it could <laughs> be the same movie. That's a screening. We should do that screening. I really appreciate the interpretation of that movie where they point out that Ralph Macchio is totally the villain of that story. Like they play it so that he's the good guy, but he's an asshole. He Mm -hmm. comes in there and Mm -hmm. kicks the ass of this guy and like watch the movie again and don't listen to the music. The music (laughs) lies to you. It tells you that he's the good guy, but he's not. Yeah. Um, I've never watched the um, Cobra Kai, the TV show that was supposed to be the follow up of when they're older. But I've heard that it's really good. I've heard people say that it's like it plays on that stuff where it like actually makes it gray and ambiguous where like the the kid, um, his his the, the kid who he kicks his butt. I can't remember his name. Sweep yeah. the leg, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Johnny? <laughs> Johnny is older. And then the two of them end up like running into each other again. And it's like the repercussions of that <sighs> story. I'm curious. Maybe we should make that one we watch together. I... I'm so scared in the same way that you were terrified of uh, the recent start, the Picard thing. I I got it. I have it. it. Yeah. I can watch Cobra Kai, but I'm so scared. Yeah. It might not be good because I really. Yeah. The whole like crane kick. We would do the crane kick on. That was part of the early movies. Wax on. Wax on. Okay, we got to wrap this up. I know. This is well over an hour we've been going. So this has got to be like a two or three parter. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. So these are the like, these are like parts of aspects of my personality, I think. Like super uh-huh. deep. Before, what, what is it? 12 or 13, we start like mo- trying on some stuff and saying yeah. no to things and then developing our personalities. This is yeah. pre, I think I'm telling you things that are pre 10. Well, I think there's something really fascinating here about getting to know you better. This is something I do with my clients, by the way. Like yeah. I will actually ask my clients to make lists of their favorite movies and most influential um, uh, TV shows and stories because it is a window into your deep unconscious. It's it's like, which ones did you pick? And, and notice we have some overlap, but there's a bunch of ones that were important to you. I've never even mm-hmm. seen. There's some that are important to you that I have seen and they weren't that significant to me. Yeah. And again, that's sort of the point of this is we're getting to know each other and we're also revealing ourselves um, at, a, at a deep level. Like this is, the, this is our DNA. Yeah. I think it's funny how many stand-up comedy specials, like I remember... The guy, so Henry, what is his name? Night Court. Night Court was a show <laughs> at, that not a lot of people have seen. But I remember watching his stand-up comedy before he was the lead. The deal was, if you were a comedian, your golden the goose The judge was on Night Court? The judge, H- Harry Anderson. Yeah. He was a magician. He's a magician. No way, really? Seriously, yeah. And there's this, there's, uh, this dumb knot rope trick he would do rope tricks he would do card tricks he would do disappearing things he was a magician stand-up comedian yeah and comedy he's magician. totally like not there not there not and he's moving the knots around 
he was one of those early guys that was funny enough and made it made an impact somewhere that they gave him a sitcom. They wrote a sitcom for him. And that was that was the path. It's like, yeah, you got to be a yeah. stand up comedian and then they gave yes. you a show. Yeah. And so I you get on know, Letterman. And if you make a good enough impression, they might give you a show from there. Yeah. yeah I know how raunchy Bob Saget was <laughs> prior to him being the full house and the America's funniest videos guy. OK, final point. And then yeah. I got, then we, we really do have to wrap this up. <laughs> Speaking of like using movies and TV as like a calling card, you talked about like going on somebody's shelf and being like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. I used to use a show called the aristocrats the aristocrats the movie as uh-huh the movie oh, okay. as a way of telling people like can you be friends with me <laughs> basically going like i find this funny and yeah. bob saget is like the, he is in rare form yes. on on that uh that movie documentary about the uh arguably the raunchiest joke uh and most one of the most interesting jokes ever yeah. created called the aristocrats it's, and um it's, it's phenomenal pretty great a lot of I, amazing comedians on there and uh yeah and on that note i actually have to wrap this up because i have okay. another call in like 10 seconds so, so all we'll right, catch folks. you up in part two later. yeah let's Thanks do this again us. i'll see you next week all Bye, right everyone. catchphrase Later. Yes. Whatever that is. Uh, bye. Bye.